0: I want to talk about uh, a biblical understanding of race and ethnicity and uh, just based on the ages of uh, uh, all of us, you know, we grew up probably in a time that uh, we inherited a lot of uh, thoughts from our community, uh, thoughts from our, our parents, our relatives, our friends. Um but sometimes uh, we, we sometimes we don't uh, take the time to see what God's word has to say about ethnicity or about the issues that we're dealing with these days. And I think one of the reasons that we need to have a biblical understanding of ethnicity is that, It helps us spiritually. Um, A lot of people, a lot of Christians live their lives without ever giving much thought to ethnicity and race Um, and it's it's as if ethnicity and race is over there and my walk with Jesus is right here. But uh, the Bible talks extensively about ethnicity, about race, And it can help us spiritually if we take the time to see what God's word has to say. Um, You know, if we misunderstand ideas about ethnicity, whether we were, quote, raised that way or uh, uh, learned something along the way, or we just have our own thoughts, but we don't have the same thoughts that God has, then we can actually lose sight of God's love for the world. Um take your Bible and turn, we're going to turn to a number of different passages, but I want us to uh, uh, turn to Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, in this passage, Jesus is preaching his first sermon, at least in the synagogue, in Nazareth. And I am fairly certain that Jesus' first sermon was better than my first sermon. Uh, we won't talk about my first sermon. Uh, in fact, every sermon Jesus preached was probably better than my best. Um, but when Jesus first preached at the synagogue in Nazareth, he reminded his hearers. Now, who, who's going to be in the crowd at a synagogue in Nazareth? What kind of, what ethnic group is going to be there? Jews. Jews. His own people. And um, in Luke chapter 4, verse 28. Actually, we're going to start in Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 24. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown, but I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. So Jesus goes back hundreds of years, back to the ministry of Elijah. He says, there are many widows in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. What did Jesus just say to this group of Jews that he's preaching to in Nazareth? He says, You remember the stories of Elijah? Who did Elijah go to? A Gentile. God cares about the Gentiles. And he cared about the Gentiles way back in Elijah's day. And Jesus wasn't finished. Verse 27. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. But only who? Naaman. The Syrian. Another Gentile. Verse 28 how did the people respond to jesus sermon it says and all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things and they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on order on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff but passing through his midst he went his way so It's not enough for us to understand, oh, Jesus preached a sermon and the people didn't like it and they wanted to kill him. That's missing something. It's missing the content of the sermon. The content of the sermon was, God cares about Gentiles too. And they didn't like that message. They didn't like it. And so, if we don't have a good understanding of God's love for all people, we might miss out on something spiritually. We, we might lose sight of God's love for the world. A Second reason that I think it's important for us to understand ethnicity and race from a biblical perspective is that it can empower our church if we do this. You know, one of the most important ways a person has influence over others is by example. We know that. We teach our kids that. We teach our grandkids that, you know, uh, and, and it does us no favors if we say to our kids, do as you, do as I say, not as I do. Kids are watching us. They're going to do as we do. You know, we've got to lead by example. And um, in 1 Peter, you don't have to turn here, but in First Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 2 and 3, Peter has some instructions for pastors. And he, But this is good information for all of us, really. Peter says, care for, for God's flock with the diligence of a shepherd, t- tenderly showing them the way, serving as an example to the flock. And so we, I think it's fair for us to ask the question. Are we someone who by our daily lives, not just in church or whatever, but out in the real world, are we someone that exemplifies an ability to overcome ethnic barriers? Or when we see someone of a different ethnicity, do we um, automatically think poorly of them? Or automatically stay at an arm 's length away from them i 'm not talking about a seven foot tall person that you know is scary looking that could that could hurt you i 'm not talking about that i 'm talking about someone let's say of your own size of your own uh, sex do you hesitate to be an example of what someone who can overcome ethnic barriers, uh, do, does that make you pause? Um, and so we need to watch how we how we behave. Um, if we become a, a church, and I think we are this way in the interactions that I've seen, if we become a church that welcomes all people, regardless of ethnicity, um, I think it benefits us well. You know, and specifically, uh, a very uh, telling example to me was when the scarboroughs fostered a, a group of girls right before Connie got sick and they could she couldn't she couldn't foster kids anymore and they they had uh, just a handful of girls there and uh, one of them uh, had very dark skin and uh, everyone just loved her as much as they love the other kids, you know, and I think that that's a, a very good sign uh, for our church. Uh, so we need to make sure that we do lead by example. A third reason I think it's important to study ethnicity and race from a biblical perspective is that it can change our community. It can change our community. People, do, I don't think this even has to go that this even has to be said in this climate that we're in right now. But people are looking for others in the community who uh, can bring unity in the midst of ethnic tensions and hostilities. And I think we've seen uh, quite a bit of racial hostility. um, You know, from different people of different races and um, we, need to, we need to make sure that we don't just always look at some of, someone of another race and say, ah, see what they've done, it's their problem, you know. Uh, when we've got people of our own ethnicity, or our own race, if you wanna call it that, uh, that uh, are also causing problems. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's all around, it's widespread. And so, you know, specifically with what's obviously been in the news from a few weeks ago when George Floyd uh what had had the police officers holding him down and one pinned his neck uh to the ground had his knee on his neck um for for eight minutes or so um i I have i've yet to meet anyone or i've yet to hear anyone who has said that that wasn't excessive um it It just seemed to be unnecessary. And it caused an awful lot of turmoil. Um, And it didn't happen in a vacuum. He's not the only person that uh, has been mistreated for whatever reason. Whether he was mistreated because he was acting criminally or whether he was mistreated because there was racial hatred in the policeman's heart, you know, I don't know. But But it seemed to be excessive to me. And then you have all the rioting and all the looting and it wasn't just uh, black people rioting and looting. Um, you had, it was troublemakers, a criminal element that was taking advantage of the situation and causing problems. And uh, some of it is, I, I think, not, not just circumstantial. I think some of it's very intentional uh, in, in some of that. And of course, you know, it leaves us peaceful, loving Christians saying, you know, what can we do? You know uh, how, how can we how can we be a, a blessing uh, to people and uh, and so uh, we'll explore some of those things today what did Jesus say about uh, when he was he said if I be lifted up what will happen all people will be drawn to him and so we need to make sure that we lift up Jesus. And I think that's one of the best ways for us to address ethnic hostilities and and difficulties is let's focus people's attention on Jesus and focus our own attention on Jesus because he's the standard. Uh, Jesus never mistreated anyone ethnically or for for an ethnic reason. He never mistreated anyone, Um, but especially, with regard to ethnicity, Jesus treated people, all people uh, with, with love. And so, you know, we really have a choice. We can conform our, our own perspective about ethnicity to whatever the winds of change are in the world. And I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the key terms that's out there is uh, black lives matter, black lives matter. And as far as a slogan goes, well, of course. You know, black lives and white lives and brown lives and Asian lives, all life. We, we do an injustice, I say, if we, if we stop and we say, all life matters. Because God's word says much more. All life is sacred. There's the sanctity of human life. And so we have a higher standard than whatever slogan is out there. And if we can voice that, uh, th- that can be beneficial. One of the problems with the Black Lives Matter movement is that it is a political movement that has about 13 different things that they're trying to uh, enact in society. And, and the, so the movement as a political reality Uh, Has some very damaging and very unbiblical uh, Aspects to it at the same time that idea of a black life Mattering of course it it does matter and so there's a lot of people. that are just sort of jumping on the bandwagon without realizing uh, the background of the people that began the movement and what they're actually trying to accomplish which among other things is uh, LGBTQ uh, rights or benefits or super rights or whatever you want to call that. Um, and just some things that biblically I think we cannot uh, hold our hat on and we, we cannot ascribe to. So but we can conform ourselves to whatever the, the world says, or we can allow our view of ethnicity, to be transformed by God's Word. And so uh, I think it's much better it's more deep, it's more meaningful if we explore the Word of God and uh, we see what God has to say about ethnicity. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says we demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And even though that passage itself was not specifically written about race, or about ethnicity, um, I think it's a good principle for us, a good application of that passage, to be willing to examine our own hearts, our own ideas, our own thoughts, and submit them to the obedience of Christ. Does, this, does what I think about black people, does that square with scripture? Does what I think about Mexicans or Hispanics, does that square with scripture or, or any other ethnic group that you want? And so we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we'll benefit ourselves if we do that. And so there are some biblical principles about ethnicity and I'm going to use the term ethnicity instead of race most of the time and I'll tell you why and this is one of the principles we'll get to but there's one human race I mean if we're all from Adam and Eve it's it's we all are the same let's use a scientific term species okay if so if we're all from Adam and Eve we're all the same thing We just look a little different. And so um, the idea of, and I hate the forms the government sends out with the census and everything else, what race are you? I like to check the one that says other and write in human. I'm part of the human race. I don't know about all these other races as if different types, different skin colors of people came from different animals or whatever they might believe, but I am of the human race. Now you ask me what ethnicity I am, okay. Now we're getting to my ancestry in Europe, specifically in, in probably Great Britain and Scotland, that area, so uh, now we can talk about that. So ethnicity, in my view, is a better term than race. Um, and so um, that's, that's where I'm coming from. The government's gonna have different definitions, uh, but they're wrong. So. Uh, Principle number one about ethnicity, biblical principle number one. It is the principle of creation. The principle of creation. Every person you encounter is created in the image of God. Period. Every person you encounter is created in the image of God. The worst criminal in the world is created in the image of God. Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, were created in the image of God. They did not do well with what they were given. Um, they destroyed millions of lives. They themselves were humans, and they were created in the image of Of God everyone is created in God's image Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 verse 27 go right ahead uh, says God created man in his own image and the image of God he created him male and female he created them so every man every woman every child every baby every unborn baby every old person is created in the image of God um, no exceptions to that. And so the quote man of Genesis one twenty-seven includes includes the woman who was formed later out of the side of the that particular man, Adam, in Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-two. And so everyone's created in the image of God. By the way, the image of God was not lost when Adam sinned. If you think that Adam sinned destroyed the image of God you're wrong it did not destroy the image of God Um, we know that because in Genesis chapter 5 verse 3 we read this Adam fathered a child in his likeness according to his image Adam is in the image of God and Adam's child is also in the image It's passed down. So, uh, in fact, if that's not enough proof for you, Genesis 9, verse 6 settles it once and for all. Because after the flood, God made a covenant with Noah. And God said in Genesis 9, verse 6, Whoever sheds man's blood, his blood shall be shed by man For God made man in his image. That's God talking. So, well after Adam sinned, well after all of the sins of the flood, God is still talking about his image being in man. So, do not believe that the image of God was destroyed by sin, by Adam's sin. It's not. Um, that's a misunderstanding of what the image is. If you were to ask me specifically, what is the image of God? I would tell you it is this. It is the, that humans have the responsibility to be the, God's royal representatives here on earth and to have relationships, three types of relationships, relationships with God, relationships with one another, in relationships with the world. God said as much in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 when it says, let us create man in our own image. So there's obviously the relationship between God and man. There's the relationship between the man and the woman, male and female, He created them. And then there's the relationship in verse 28 between man and the rest of creation. We rule over the rest of creation. We have dominion over the rest of creation. That's not we don't, have, we don't destroy, we should not destroy, but we should use and manage all of God's creation for God's glory. And so we are kings, or maybe you might wanna think of us as princes and princesses here on earth, ruling over all of creation. Every single person that you ever meet is royalty they are by creation a son or daughter of god i'm not saying spiritually they're children of god not all people are children of god spiritually but by creation god is fatherly over all of us and so the principle of creation is very important second principle and we'll uh, pause after this principle and uh, Get some feedback from you and have a time of prayer. The second biblical principle of ethnicity is this. It's the principle of kinship. K-I-N-S-H-I-P. You know, we talk about who's, who's your kin, you know. So that's what that is. Who's your kin? Who, you know, and uh, who do you belong to? Who in town uh, is part of your family that I might know? The principle of kinship. And here is the hard truth that racists don't like to hear, even Christian racists. Every person you encounter is your physical sibling through your common ancestry. We all come from the same parents, Adam and Eve. Every person you encounter is your physical sibling. Some of them act better than others. (laughs) Some of us act better than others. Some of us don't act too good at all. We all have our origination from the same parents. How do we know? Genesis chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living also acts chapter 17 verse 26 the apostle paul says and he that's god made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth that's pretty simple to me so if you have this idea If you've been taught this, uh, some idea, some crazy idea that's completely unbiblical, that, well, my race comes from Adam, but this other race, they came from monkeys. Or this other race came from some some other type of creation. They're not really part of God's creation. They're not really 100% human. It's nonsense. And we know it's nonsense scientifically biologically. We know it's nonsense. You know, there was a time in our in our history when when medicine became more prevalent and a lot better and we had the possibility of blood transfusions. And there was a time when white people were afraid to get a black man's blood because I don't know if that's really human or not. Well, guess what? We found out it is. It's as human blood as any human blood. And so uh, we just need to understand, and th- there are implications that you can already, you know, you're aware of, you've thought of before, or you might become aware of today about every single person being my and your physical sibling. And so there's responsibilities that come with that. So we're going to stop right there. Um, and we're going to, uh, I want to get, get any feedback from you. I think some of this that I've talked about is, uh, uh, if you know your, your Bible, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And I might even say simple. Uh, but it, but I, I just want us to be impressed that God has spoken on the issues that are seem to, seemingly tearing our nation apart.